Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Harry Wakes right to the last. Deli Ali. Lamella. To Dombele. Hugo Lloris. And he saved it. And the bounds. Shishenko. So not a mission to go alone. This is sensational. World class. Absolutely stunning. Welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very safe and well. We're back for our second show of the week. A reminder, if you've not listened to us before, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, or on Audioboom. We're across all major audio platforms. We're also across social media. We're on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And I said, we're back for our second show of the week. Been a busy, busy week as a Tottenham fan, a friendly to review, a couple of departures, a signing and the ongoing transfer speculation. So who else best equipped to join me? Then I will tell you, making his return. It feels like it's been a while on this show. The wonderful, crazy train instructor himself, hopefully driving us to trophies next season. Mr. Lee McQueen's in the house. Lee, how are you? Yo, yo, yo. How are you getting on, Rick? And uh, and my uh, our other amazing guest, which I'll oh, let you review in a second. Up there. All, up there. all of the listeners, um, really, really pleased to be back. Um, don't worry, people. I know Twitter can be absolutely, um, you know, up and down, up and down. You know, one minute he's signing, the next minute he ain't signing. Chill out. I reckon Paratici's got us covered. Don't you worry about that. You're not talking about Tommy Yasu, are you, Lee? Is this one you are? We could be talking about 40,000 people, the amount of people we've been in. <laughs> That's what Jason McGovern's absolutely loving. Tuto Makato, Calcio Makato, you name it, Makato's in it. Farmers so, Weekly, as Jason was saying. Farmers Weekly, it's all going on. Tell you what, for a club that's in the Europa Conference League, that stop, hasn't stopped the links coming by. So we'll be covering some of those off as we go throughout the show. And Lee's teed it up. So we've got to welcome back the wonderful Jamie Brown from the Daily Hotspur. His finger's been. Pushing those buttons in terms of transfers coming. Jay, not much at the moment, just a lot of abuse on social media when it comes to one we're trying to get over the line at the moment. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, always very, very stressful. I mean, on and off the pitch with Spurs. Um, this time, unfortunately, it's off the pitch and it's with uh, Christian Romero. Very, very stressful. Trying to get that one over the line. But, uh, you know, on the pitch yesterday, I was, I was able to get back to a football game for the first time since uh, the first lockdown. So that was really nice to go into to Milton Keynes and, and watch Spurs play. So I really enjoyed it last night. It was, it was really good to see Spurs back in a live stadium. So, you know, really nice to kind of return to some sort of normality. So good atmosphere really down there as well, wasn't it? Say again? Jamie, it was good atmosphere down there as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Quite a lot of Spurs fans there, 6,000 or so. Yeah, I mean, the, so the Spurs Spurs fans sold out their 4,000 uh, allocation, you know, and it was, yeah, very good kind of uh, energy and vibes from the Spurs fans yesterday. Good atmosphere, so... Yeah, really enjoyable kind of game yesterday. That's where we're going to start first, Jason. Thanks for teeing it up. Lee, let's come to you because Spurs did make it two wins in three preseason games so far under Nuno Espirito Santo as we travelled to Milton Keynes and defeated MK Dons by three goals to one. Huminson, Deli Ali, and Lucas Moura were the goal scorers. And although the Portuguese manager made eight changes in the game, the new Spurs team does seem to be showing, that's very early for me to say this, cue the, cue the laughs, and um, there seems to be some form of a little bit of identity coming through now, I thought. You know, some nice moves, some interchanges as well. Um, what did you make of the overall game? Pretty much not much to take from a pre-season game. But I suppose happy you, with the result, all good to be winning. You you were trying to get uh, um, hashtag Nuno ball trending yesterday, weren't you? Uh, uh, we were having a go, we were having a go. We was, why not? We are having a go, we've got to try and give it a go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's pretty pleasing. I think, you know, at the end of the day, uh, from a, from a, I know we're getting to transfers, listeners, so don't tell me that I've said something's pleasing and then you're all going mad for transfers. We'll get there, I'm sure. But no, I think it's, um, I think it's pretty pleasing. I think what pleased me the most is some of the intricacies, some of the balls we've been hearing about what Skip can do um, at Norwich and, and some of us have seen it and some of us haven't. Uh, I know Alistair Gold, friend of the show, um, was talking about it before about, um, you know, the, the, the pings that he have has on him. Um, and wow, we saw that again yesterday, didn't we? You know, some fantastic balls um, that he's been spraying about and uh, some fantastic goals as well. You know, I, I think that, you know, the same three goal scorers from the previous game all scored again yesterday. Um, so getting some confidence, I think it's absolutely fantastic to see um, Lucas Moore getting some some joining in uh, in terms of goals and assists and ball, uh, through balls and that sort of stuff. Uh, Son Son's just Son and he just looks so happy, so happy to be at Tottenham. Fantastic that he signed that new contract and he's and he's just you know loving life, uh, which is very very important. Going back to my, my when I days when I coined the phrase of getting a haircut and having a smile on your face and it, that, these little things make a difference, right? You know, if your if your home life's not right or you know if something's not quite right in in, in your working life, it, it, it makes a huge difference in and around. Um, if you are you going or you're not going, it's very very tough. So for Sonny to 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 be there scoring goals, happy to be there potentially ten years at the football club, amazing. And of course, you know. One person I've always championed on this on, on this show and everywhere on social media as well is Deli Ali. Uh, I think he looked absolutely banging in pre-season um, in, in terms of his fitness regime. I think I posted he looks ripped to pieces. He looked absolutely banging in the in the away shirt as well. He uh, he looks awesome. I'm loving that kit by the way, uh, listeners. Absolutely loving it. Um, and uh, and scoring another goal uh, with the captain's armband on yesterday against his obviously his former club. So for me, you know, things are going in the in, in the right direction. Uh, to, to be fair, and, and I've got to make a quick, and I'm sure you're referencing, but uh, uh, Alfie um, saving the penalty as well. So, like, happy days. You know, sometimes these pre-season friendlies, the goalkeepers don't really 
get to do much and show what they can do. But uh, he did that well uh, yesterday as well. And another, you know, I think one for the cameras, wasn't it? Another save late on in the game. But yeah, no, I think, you know, we've done well and we got the result. And it's all about fitness and getting getting game time, isn't it, in your legs nowadays, isn't it, lads? Totally agree. Jay, you had the pleasure of being there. Mm. It's great to have you there. So obviously great to have you on the show to kind of review this because um, it was not only special even because we had some of our star players back, the likes of Sergio Regidon also in the squad, but also because, as Lee mentioned, we had that new and unpredictable Wake It making its first appearance. Yeah. Um, give us your thoughts on that. And also, Lee referenced it there. You know, I've got to say, it was a bit of a shaky start to the game, I must add. A bit of a shaky start. And to be fair, um, you know, MK Dons had the chance to go ahead. Good save from Alfie Whiteman, homegrown goalkeeper. That would have given the world of confidence, wouldn't yeah. it? I mean, that's say like getting that save. And what did you think of his overall performance and Spurs in general? Yeah, um, so I think on, on just on MK, I thought they were they were pretty poor yesterday, actually. Um, I think there was a lot of times they did try to go forward. Um, so as much as obviously we did, you know, we good performance, we got the win. Um, I think MK were very poor yesterday, it has to be said. But uh, I think from a Spurs perspective, I think um, going forward, there was lots to kind of be excited about. Obviously, in terms of the options we've got now with Lucas Moura, um, be a very interesting one. I think he's a guy that we can see. He's got so much talent. His ability to play in a number of different roles. He can play number 10. He can play wide positions. Um, and yesterday, we saw kind of a different string to his game in terms of being able to create chances and, and those fantastic through, uh, through balls. Um, I think his assist for Sun's first goal was fantastic. Um, and I think he kind of showed that towards the end um, under Jose Mourinho and towards the end of the season where... He kind of played in the number ten role, so um, I think I've I think I've kind of said I'd, I'd maybe look to move Lucas Moore on because he's a player that um, you know that can generate good money to go and reinvest. But he, he hasn't actually really impressed me during preseason, so I think that's maybe a stance I'd, I'd reevaluate. Um, he looked really promising yesterday. Steven Bergwijn was someone that really struck me in terms of. On the ball um, and kind of his work rate, he worked really hard, was really good at kind of running at players, but he's a player that's definitely very short of confidence in front, in front of goals. So um, I think if you can kind of get that, then I think we've got a really good player there because, as I said, he's just lightning quick. Um, it, it was just fantastic to watch yesterday and running at players. So hopefully if he can get that confidence and he can produce the, you know, some end product, then we've got another very good player there. Um, Sonny, of course, fantastic. Delhi. Be interesting to see kind of how he gets on. As Lee said, I think he's, you know, he's going in the right direction now. I think he's, I think it was good that he accepted that it was his fault that he's, he's not been in the right direction and he's kind of taken accountability for that. I think we know a lot of people blame Jose Mourinho for his kind of um, dip in form, but I think that that even dated back to under under Poch. So um, I think he has to take some of the blame. And, and and this summer he's looked like he's working really hard. So fingers crossed we can have a big season from him. Um, but yeah, I thought it was overall it was a good performance, but it was against the poor MK side. So it'll be interesting to see kind of in, in a week's time or so when we play tougher opposition, how we get on. But there was, you know, there was moments during the game where you could see some some really nice um, patterns of play of, of, of where we were playing nice football. So there's some promising signs there for sure. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. We've seen some images on social media where we've seen Nuno employ this tactical ball now, actually mm. fixed to the, uh, the the ground, do I say, in the actual Spurs training, uh, training, changing room. So I think, you know, already slowly Nuno's starting to get maybe his, in, his imprints on the club, which is great because um, ultimately the new man coming in, you want to make sure those players are buying into the new philosophy. And listen, we're not going to get too carried away. It's three games in. Um, we did try Nuno Ball. Let's hope it's, you know, successful. Lee, coming around to you, we're going to give him a quick mention. Hummin Son, though, that front three, to be fair, in that first half was causing 
all sorts of danger has to be said. And Jamie said there, maybe MK Dons wasn't really the most toughest opposition to face. But nine minutes before the half, Sonny recorded his second goal of the preseason. I've loved a little dink chip over the MK Dons goalkeeper. Lee, all you can ask Son at this stage to do is score the goals. Harry Kane, obviously, you know, his future at the moment is up in the air. Even more so the reason why we need Son to have a decent preseason going into that first game against Manchester City. Yeah, absolutely. And I mentioned him before. I think it's fantastic to have him there. Um, I think he, he, he puts a smile on everyone else's faces. It's impossible. Even, even the hardest of Arsenal fans, for example, probably still really like Son. You know, it's so difficult not to like the guy. Um, you know, he from from a Tottenham's perspective, he he absolutely loves the club. He's so happy, like I said before, he's so happy to be here. And it, and it's shown on the pitch, you know. When you're happy, when you're when you're settled, when you're loving it, you, you see it on a pitch. And you know, he, he puts balls away. And you know, I think he had one just before that, didn't he? That was ruled offside. It was a fantastic finish, another fantastic ball coming through from midfield. So um like, I think that you know it is important that that he's uh, that he's firing um, on, on where he is, and I, and I know that we've got, and we will talk about him, I'm sure, but we've got um, Brian uh, Gill coming, who, who typically plays on the left hand side, um, and obviously that's where Sonny's playing. There's been rumours, <laughs> there's been a lot of rumours, isn't there, listeners? Who knows what's going on? But there's been a lot of rumours about Nuno wanting to play potentially two up front. Does Song go up there with Kane? Does Kane leave? You know, do we bring in another striker? Is Danny Ings coming? Like all of these questions, I'm sure, we'll, we'll get asked. But the point I'm making is that we've got some some different types of options. Uh, Bergwijn can play down the left. He can play down the right. He can go through the middle. You know, uh, Lucas Moore can play down the right, go through the middle. Uh, Song can switch either sides. Um, you've got Brian Gills coming to the side. who typically goes down, down the left. So, you know, you've got Sergio Regulon and Brian Gill playing down the left-hand side with each other. We'll probably, be, as a partnership, will probably be something that we, we we may see. So, definitely some options. And like I said, look, it's all about getting match fit. I, you know, the biggest problem that I can see, and not only with Tottenham, actually, probably not as bad as after the World Cup, the, um, is pre-season training for all the top clubs. They've got hardly their players back. Hardly anyone's been in pre-season training at all. So, you know, for, for us to have the squad that we've got out, I mean, we haven't even seen Kane, obviously. We ain't seen Tangai, we ain't seen Hoiberg, we ain't seen Lo Celso, we ain't seen Cessignon, uh, we ain't seen Hugo Lloris. You know, uh, uh, probably the list goes on and on and on. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, Son, Sonny's fantastic for us and it was another good performance. Jay, come over to you. Deli Ali. Now, um, a player that I wasn't too... I think you said on our last pod, Jay, that you'd be open if there was an offer to come in for Delhi, You would maybe consider it. It wouldn't take long for him to join the party in this game. He sealed, you know, the 2-0 with a lovely, uh, lovely, actually nice individual move played with Lucas involved as well. Uh, Delhi was the captain, obviously, for the day. Mm. Played that midfield three along with Niles, John, Oliver Skip. And was really impressive. He actually even got a standing ovation from the stadium when he came off for Harvey White with 15 minutes to go. I mean, what do you make of him so far, Jay? He started both of Nuno's first two games in charge. Those friends against Leighton Orient and Colchester, which he has scored in. And on Wednesday, he even handed the captain's armband. And um, whilst it was only a friendly, I just wonder, has there been an element of trust put in him at a very early stage here? Because he's not disappointing so far. He's been at the heart of most good things for Tottenham in pre-season. Is there the second coming of Delhi that we've all been hoping and craving for? Um, so, I, so I think firstly, I think the big thing is having a new manager and having a manager like Nuna, I think that'll be interesting to see kind of how he works with a manager like that. I think under Jose Mourinho, as much as I said, Deli Alli had to take a lot of the blame. I just don't think that that kind of Deli Alli's personality and Jose Mourinho's personality, I just don't think that was a very good kind of match. So I'll be interested to see kind of how he gets on under a new manager 
in a manager like Nuno, who's very much a guy who's good at coach, uh, very good at coaching individual players, at, at bettering players. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how he develops under a new manager. Um, yeah, I mean, there's you know, there's a number of things with Delhi. I think it'll be interesting to see whether we, if we do play four three three or we do play three at the back. There obviously won't be that number ten role for him, and that's something that he's he, that he's definitely left to kind of be desired in the in the past, where he's really struggled to play in a different roles. Um, I think number ten's very much his his only role that he can play. So I think trying to show a bit of being able to adapt to different um, formations and playing in different positions, that's something he'll need to show this season. But um, it, it's been interesting to see kind of how he's been getting on during pre-season and the work that he's been putting in. It's obviously been very clear that he's, you know, he wants to try and get back on track and he knows that he's made mistakes in the past and that he needs to work harder. So um, I think as Spurs fans, we all desperately want to see him back to his best. Um, it would just be interesting to see whether he can actually do that. I think sometimes with players, they obviously have this fantastic career. Um, and then for one reason or another, something goes wrong during their career and, and something has gone wrong for Delhi. So, be interesting to see whether he can get over that. I know there's been lots of players um, that have had, as I said, had those moments in their careers and they've just failed to kind of recover from that. So I'd absolutely love to see Deli Ali recover from this, but, you know, we'll have to see it. So it's a massive season for him. And I think this is probably the, the last year that I'd give him to, to get back to his best. Otherwise, you know, maybe then I'd be, you know, then it would be started getting a bit worrying for me. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Listen, this is, probably, this is now the third season coming where we're expecting... Deli Ali, the Deli that we know to come back in a Spurs shirt, fingers crossed. You know, you have to say, I think as a club and as a fan base, I think we've been very, very patient with Deli. I really do. And despite what's gone on, a lot of changing of managers, I still think there's a player in there. Let's come around to you, Lee, for a second, because we have got a question on Deli. This is from Teng Boom, number one, who says, can we talk about Deli's performance wearing that captain's armband and how absolutely ready he is to step up this season? How is he, you know, in terms of how he's looking very early, Lee. We can't get too carried away. He's only pre-season, but are you excited by Delhi you've seen so far? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited by the attitude that Jamie touched upon earlier. I'm excited by the fact that he realizes that you have to do more. You know, everybody points at Luke Shaw and Jose Mourinho and says yeah. you know, Jose Mourinho is an absolute nightmare. He was had a shocker with Luke Shaw, this that, and the other. And Jose Mourinho doesn't care about um, you know what the media or what people's perceptions is of Jose Mourinho. But 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 actually, you can now say that Luke Shaw is probably one of the best left backs in in the in the world, and Jose Mourinho would be taking credit for that because if it wasn't for Jose Mourinho telling him he needs to work harder, he needs to buck up his ideas, all of the things that might or might not have happened, Luke Shaw might not have changed. He might not have stepped up. Same situation with Delhi. Do you see what I'm saying? So there's two there's two sides to it. I'm not saying I agree with that or not. You know, Luke Shaw went through horribleness. Um, and, you know, he's come out the other side and only he has done that. So I'm giving Luke Shaw the credit, just to be clear. Um, and I'm also giving Dele Alli the credit. But what I'm saying is sometimes, you know, in your career, whatever you do, you have to go through adversity. You have to go through bad times. You have to understand the real rubbish in order to appreciate the good and, and, and realise, actually, I've got to do something different. Or maybe, you know, that's that's... That's where you start to learn. That's what experience is, by the way, uh, listeners and everybody else. That is what it is. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm excited for him. He looks ripped. He looks ready. He looks fantastic. He's got a new chance under under a new management uh, coaching system and structure. 
Um, you know, I think he will fit into a system that Nuno plays rather than under Joe. So he's worried if does he even fit in? I think the biggest challenge that he's got, and rightly so, with the other lads as well, is you've got a La Celso there, you've got a Moore that can play in the hole, you've also got a, a, a Tingo and Dembele um, that all need to step up, right? In, in you know, and 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 this is the big IF, right? The big if, if they step up, if they play to their potential, if they do what they're meant to be doing. We have got a bit of a, a, a frightening front front line. I think Bergvine again. Everybody is saying like you know Joe say this and Joe turned him into a f- defender. But what happens now if he gets his confidence back, as Jamie said earlier, with the work rate that he's now got, he could be absolutely phenomenal. And and, and, so, and this is this is the thing. So I think that it is down to them. It's down to the players. It's down to them. And I think Delhi knows that. I think Delhi is gonna make it. I think he can make make a massive impact again in Premier League football. You've got to remember that this guy scored and assisted all them goals, you know, way before breaking all these records at Frank Lampard, Steve Jones. I know everyone's heard the narrative before, but it's true. So let's give him another shot. And if he doesn't do it this season, then yeah, maybe it's time to go. I think he's on a three-year con- uh, left on his contract as well. So I think he's yeah, still another years to run. Yep. Still, he's still got an opportunity to, to, to get a really good shift out of him this season. Lee, just sticking with you, going because Jamie's already brought it up. Lucas Mora scored to record his second goal of preseason. I think also his cut of assists as well so far. He's made a really impressive start, as Jay also aligned to there. I mean, it's funny because he would have been one of those players in the summer that maybe if we received a crazy offer, you maybe would have considered it. You know, I wonder now because he has had a really good start to preseason. What do you think, Lucas Mora? Is he in your, I'd say, first team squad plans as such? I'm not sure. I mean, look, to be fair to Lucas, he had a good finish to the season as well. I think under Ryan Mason and and previous to that under Jose, he started popping up and doing the things that not not that not that um, we wanted to be doing, but what he should be doing. I think you know, come on, this is a guy that scored a ta- hat trick in the Champions League semi final. We all know the story, but is he still? Di- you know, you can't dine on at dine out on that. Although I'm still dining out on winning the Apprentice, right? Back back in the day, so maybe you can. But you know, I, I think at the end of the day, he's got to start doing the things that he's in the team to do. And it's not just about running around. We've had enough of that with Eric Lamella, right? You know, you've got to start making massive impacts and massive um, uh, uh, inroads in, into the game. And he has done that. He scored a hat-trick against, um, uh, uh, obviously, Ajax. He scored a hat-trick, another hat-trick. Uh, Huddersfield. I think I kept thinking Hull. I was at the game as well, and it's a brilliant, a brilliant finishes. And you know he scores headers. He's got a spring like a he's like a springbok, isn't he? Like jumps up and he hangs in the air. And he scored a header like that the other day. And so he's got the talent. You know, there's no doubt about it. But you, you, you can't just have him in the side just to track back and and, and nick the ball on the halfway line so you can do a spring a, a spring counter attack. He's got to do more than that. He's got to dribble. He's got to not, you know he scored a great free kick in the FA Cup last year. Now, he's got to take more responsibility, I think. Say, look, I'll have that ball. Let me have a go. Let me, let me take the, uh, the game by the scruff of the neck. Um, if, I was, if he was pressing me for, for a starting position, I think from an experienced perspective and what you get from him, yeah, you, pro- you probably end up starting him depending on the signings that we get coming through the door. But, you know, if, if you're telling me that you're going to start Brian Gill versus Lucas Moura in the first game of the season, you probably start Moura, don't you? 
Possibly, possibly. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. Uh, just to kind of finish up on this, we did see Academy players, Maxim Patoski, uh, Toby Omol, Dane Scarlett, Troy Parrott, Megan Falakai, Walcott, Jack Clark and White all come on, but really failed to make an impact on the game itself. We saw Tanganga start at centre-back, who's currently being linked with a move to Galatasaray, although we understand his preference would be, if it is a loan, a move into a Premier League club. So one to keep an eye on. His performance would have encouraged Nuno, but as Jamie said, tougher test lie ahead for Spurs before the season rolls around. We've got friendlies to come against, I don't know if you call these friendlies really, against London rivals Chelsea and Arsenal in the pipeline. I wonder if there'll still be mind games as we get these games underway. I tell you, from a from a mental perspective, you just wonder, these will be games that as fans going into it, we're going to want to see them win. You know, there's no, no such things as friendly against Arsenal and Chelsea, boys. I don't know if you agree, agree on that. It's really, really important. But we are going to go for our first break of the show. Taking you into this break, we're going to hear from Hummin Son reflecting post-match against MK Dons and also from Nuno Espirito Santo, who gives us his thoughts on the back of Spurs' pre-season victory there. And then and when we come back... It's discussion about Toby Navarro. Do not go anywhere. We're back after this very, very short break. Congratulations on another brilliant performance and congratulations on your first month in charge. How are you finding it? Mm, it's been good. It's been good hard work, especially for the boys. Again, today they, they did well. I think they worked very hard, well organised. And there were some, some good movements, the way they moved the ball, the speed of the, of the lines and the possession was good. But um, we're preparing, we are building and... Uh, Good things, things to correct, all, always about that. We were very impressed, you know, in terms of the attacking play, it was lovely to watch with the front four, particularly in the first half, the way they were interchanging, interchanging. you must have been very pleased with that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mentioned, and things trying to reproduce what, what they do in the training sessions. I think uh, we must trust the talent that we have, to give them the ability to express themselves, and that's the, the way we want it. So pleased Lucas scored tonight because he's been fantastic in pre-season. He's created chances, he's, he's got assists. He was always going to score, wasn't he, once he went through on that chance at the end there? Yeah, yeah, that's all about. If you have a chance, you have to put it. No, we had more, we had more. I think um, that, that character of put the ball inside of the net is necessary because if you can score more goals, the better you feel, the more confident you become and more growing and more, more pleasing for the next day. So it's about that. Every chance we make, we have to put it inside. So we'll next see you at open training. I know you're looking forward to that, yeah, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be good. And I hope many fans can join us and support the boys. It will be a, a moment of togetherness and, and the boys will, will feel fantastic. And it's a beautiful stadium. So I invite everybody to join us. Absolutely. Nuno, thank you so thank much. You, and we can't pleasure, wait to sir. see you at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Nice to see thank you, you, Nuno. Take care, Nuno. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Obviously, uh, it's been, uh, it's been. I can't, I couldn't wait. Uh, uh, finally signed uh, the paper, and yeah, I say already before. You know, it's uh, already honor to play uh, this kind of big clubs, and uh, I, w- I just want to continue. And then, yeah, one wish. Uh, I have one wish here to the fans, and um, the fans keep, keep, keep supporting us uh, as amazing like uh, been uh, for, for for many many years. We will work hard as possible to make you proud and happy. Sully, you're talking about the fans. You've been waiting for this moment, haven't you? 6,000 of them in there tonight. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, I, I spoke already a few, few times and, uh, yeah, we miss them. We play for them. And they, football is all about all the fans, you know, not only all about, all about players. Obviously, I'm grateful 
that uh, that fans are back to the stadium. And uh, yeah, I couldn't wait. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't wait. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it today. And uh, also week before in Colchester, I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to play on the, our our beautiful stadium. Sonny, just tell us a little bit about your goals in pre-season and your assist as well for Delhi, because it looked like you really enjoyed that one. No, I mean, uh, I'm already, always enjoying playing these amazing players like Delhi, Stevie, or Lucas. Whoever plays, I really, really enjoy enjoy playing with them. And uh, we understand really well. We've been here working really, really hard for the pre-season. Obviously, I only played two games, uh, but it's been really positive. The guys is working hard make us uh, proud and then fans proud and obviously it's a, it's a pre-season we can't be always happy but I think the energy is there the positive is there, uh, positive is there, uh, is there. so yeah it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not long to go to the season start so we are I hope we can get a, a strong start and positive start Sonny some of this forward play between the four of you has been really impressive already you've you've snapped straight back into it haven't you I think uh, what I said before. I think we we we've been holiday, but we know how to play and uh, we understand uh, each other really, really well. So it's been only six weeks away or six weeks, seven weeks away. We don't forget this uh, this uh, memory. So I've been here almost now. This is my seven years. Nice one, Sonny. <laughs> Look at this guy. Uh, yeah, we've been here. I've been almost here seven years. So yeah, we understand just really, really well. And, and Sonny, just finally, just tell us what it's going to feel like now to go up another level. We obviously play Chelsea away, and then you're going to get to experience a full stadium again at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Just tell us how excited you are for that. Oh, I mean, obviously, it's a pre-season still. I think uh, some of guys is still not here. Yeah, we will try to be positive. We will try to get our fitness back. And uh, yeah, this is sharpness. I think this is most important for, for the pre-season. I mean, we're working really hard and to be fit for the season, not fit for the pre-season <laughs> so obviously so now it's coming the big games against Chelsea and then against Arsenal so we're looking forward to play against them but obviously we want to push higher higher as possible to make us uh, start easy easy for the season Sonny it was a pleasure to watch you again tonight thank you so much for joining us and good thank luck for the season thank you very much guys see you again Sonny. soon bye, bye. Hello and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. Now, if you've been listening to the show for the last oh, three and a bit years, you would have noticed that we actually did a massive, massive tribute to Jan Vertonghen. And it's funny because I always thought at the time with Toby, we probably would do the same to Toby. Um, but I think it's right to have the discussion here and now and whatever happens in the future regards to future pods, let's see where they come. Because um, we are saying goodbye to one of, I reckon, in, in my time watching Tottenham, one of the most consistent defenders I saw week in, Week out, wake out in Toby had a viral one that really, when you look back at my history supporting Tottenham, it's been so so consistent along the likes of Lenny King, Jan Vertonghen. But we said goodbye this week to Toby had a viral. He went and obviously linked up now with a new signing in Qatar. Um, it's a chance to kind of react to this because um, we'll come around to you, Jay, to start because Fabio Paratici, he's really starting to clear the decks now, isn't he? We've seen the likes of Lamella move on. We'll have a discussion on him yeah. soon. But obviously, Danny Rose, Paolo Gazaniga, there's a number of other Spurs players that have been currently linked. And I think out of Ireland, it's one where maybe some would have been surprised that we would have maybe let him go for the nominal fee now being discussed. I mean, as we understand, it's either somewhere between that yeah. five to 13 million. But thoughts on that? Spurs letting their best centre half go before they have brought in another top-class defender. Are you in agreement with that? 
Yeah, I, I think it's also got to be ruthless. Though. I think as much as people will say, yes, he's still our, maybe our best centre-half, I think that he is a player that did need to get out the door. And I think for his sake and our sake, he did need to move on. Um, there was obviously that opportunity for him to move on that, that arose with the other defenders, with Sanchez, with Eric Dyer. That opportunity hasn't arisen yet. And I'm sure, you know, if an offer came in for Sanchez or an offer came in for Dyer, then I'm sure they'll be moved on. But that clearly isn't the case yet. Um, yeah, for, for me, with Alderweireld, it was definitely time to move him on. And I think it was very clear. Um, I know a lot of people reporting that, that Nuno had made it clear to him that it wasn't part of his plans. And, you know, Alderweireld is on a massive wage. Um, so to get any sort of fee for him and to get his wage uh, wages off the off the wage bill was, I think, a big thing for Spurs. Um, but look, uh, we desperately, desperately need this rebuild now. And unfortunately, Alderweireld, for me, is not, not the player that he once was. And we had to get him out the door. So... It's great to see that Spurs are being ruthless in terms of moving players out and we're, we're able to get offload a number of players. So it'll be interesting to see who goes out. But I'm, uh, for me personally, I'm happy to, uh, the timing of it. Lee, let's come around to you. I mean, Alavaro, he was really well known for that unbelievable passing range where those cross-field passes, diagonal balls, through to the likes of Deli Alley becoming a trademark. I mean, he has been widely acknowledged, I think, to be one of the Premier League's best defenders and coveted by every club within it. I mean, I think some were maybe surprised a couple of years ago when he did that, that, that 25 million release clause that nobody came in and actually bought him. And which subsequently led to obviously signing a new contract with Tottenham. The irony, I think, Lee, is that since giving that new contract, listen, he's been a superb defender, but he did lose a yard of pace. For you, are you surprised that we've allowed Toby to go? The likes of Sanchez, the likes of Dyer are still here. I mean, is there a real confidence inside the club that we are going to get at least one, and I say at least one, top draw defender over the line as a replacement for Toby? Yeah, well, just on Toby first and foremost, one of my my favourite players in in uh, in the modern history of the game with Tottenham. Uh, when he first came to us, he was the guy that put the building blocks in his first season, 2016 season, uh, in, from a defensive perspective. Uh, obviously, we had that title challenge, didn't we, against Leicester that we faltered, classic Tottenham, um, and lo- conceded loads of goals after that, by the way. Um, but uh, in the second season, uh, that was a phenomenal partnership. I think we conceded 26 goals all, all season in the 2017 uh, season when we were um, chasing down, trying to chase down Chelsea. Um what, what he bought along with Jan Vertonghen was, you know, classic partnership, br- brilliant, brilliant partnership. We've known each other for so long. Uh, genuine left footer in Jan, uh, brilliant pass through the ball in Toby. Um, I read a stat the other day, which, I mean, I could not believe it. It's one for the blue book. But I think in two over 200 appearances for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, he made one mistake leading directly to a goal. I mean, that is absolutely unbelievable unbelievable uh, when you think of some of the calamitous defending we've had at this football club as well over the last kind of couple of years certainly absolutely phenomenal defender love his hair love his you know just part of the way he was uh you know with his young family and that so just love love the guy absolutely brilliant in terms of moving him on I, I agree with Jamie, ruthless. He come out and said he wants to move. You can't have people at your football club that don't want to be there. And I'll caveat that with the Kane situation. I'm sure we'll come on to that. And I've done that and I'll caveat that before. It was a different situation. Toby Wood of our world was, um, you know, coming to uh, an 18-month difference contract. He had a desire to want to go. Um, you know, he's given the club what, what he's given. And there's we, there, we need to make an improvement on that. And I think we can improve in that position on Toby Wood of our world. 
So uh, that's that's why I think it's the right thing to let him go. Um, and obviously, get, I mean, John, one of our own from Lily White Rose, actually put a tweet out a couple of days ago to say we, we've actually um, taken out, I think it worked out over a year to be about £31 million worth of savings in wages just on the people that we've that we've cleared out the football club so far. And we still need to clear out another four or five. So the rebuild is happening and the clean out is happening. And as Jamie said, the ruthlessness needs to happen. But I agree with you, Rick. He, he was our best defender at the football club. So there's only one thing happening. Over, either Daniel Levy is still completely pulling the strings at Tottenham and nothing's changed, which means Paratici is just a glorified scout. Or we've already we've already got uh, um, Romero signed up. Uh, Romero, Romero, however you think. Because, because the fact of the matter is, I know it's not coming out and saying it is, it is signed or so on and so forth, but you, you don't get rid of your best defender if in a season where your defence has been shocking if you haven't got or you've, you, you, you're have you 99% certain of bringing a superman or superstar. The, the good thing about it, like, I'm not the transfer guy, is you both are, right? But the good news, I think, about Romero, Christian Romero deal is that he's already agreed personal terms. He wants to come to the football club. Paratici has made it out, out to say, look, you know what? I want this guy. This is my man. Tottenham want him. He feels loved. He's, he's, he's done all them things. Yes, we're haggling, and maybe that's a Levy thing and, and certainly not a Paratici thing based on uh, Fabrizio Romano's uh, article in The Garden um, the, the, other, the other day talking about he will pay, Paratici will pay the extras. Um, to, to, to get deals over the line. But I do think it's a negotiation. We're in COVID times. This isn't about our football club, by the way, listeners. This is about everything. If you want to go and have some, some education on football finances, go and read um, about Barcelona. It was absolutely fascinating of how bad in the in the Maya Barcelona, the great Barcelona are. So, you know, you look at Chelsea, European champions have got money to burn, essentially, and they're even haggling over the Kunde, um, uh, uh, uh deal. So, I, I, look, I, I know it's difficult. I know it's really hard. Do I want this guy in our football? Of course I do. I want him, I want him signed two weeks ago. But there's some intricacies there. I think we've offered, my, my, my understanding is that we've offered what Atalanta want, but not all in cash. We've offered 10 million in bonuses or add-ons or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Installments. The, the thing is, not installments. I don't think it's installments. I think it's in, I think we've said to him, look, it's 45 million euros and then 10 million euros as, as bonuses if he does this, if he does that. Yeah. And Atalanta want all of it up front or, you know, as a price. Look, the fact of the matter is, if a deal is at that stage, yeah. the personal terms agreed and everything wants to be in a mixer, Unless, unless something ridiculous, which yeah. could happen, like Real Madrid just go, actually, I fancy him because we've just sold Varane, or Liverpool go, oh, mm. Virgil van Dijk fell over tonight, don't look very good. I think I, we fancy a new centre back as well. Yeah, that's mm. why you got to get the deal over the line. Do you I, know what I mean? I think so you're I've, gone into, yeah. I've gone into the, the transfers bit, but no, no, it, is because, yeah. it is relevant because I think Toby has been absolutely outstanding for us, but it is time to, to, to rebuild and move on. Mm. Totally agree. Jay, let's come around to you. Just a quick one on Alavaro. I think we've got to give him some some time because he's been absolutely superb for Spurs. Um, your favourite Alavaro moment? Is there one that sticks out for you? Um, I mean, I, me- I remember one. It was, I think it was in the Europa League against Borussia Dortmund, where I think oh, Aubameyang yeah. had gone through on goal. Mm. Um, then Alderweireld makes a superb last ditch uh, challenge, and then he does that fantastic skill move to get around. I think it was one of the another of the Borussia Dortmund. Uh, 
uh, attackers and it was just kind of a typical Toby moment where he's a total Rolls Royce of a defender where he makes that brilliant tackle and then he's got kind of that um, that skill to kind of get himself out of trouble and I just remember the, the fans absolutely loving it and I, I love I love a good tackle um, and when the fans love it I think it's brilliant um, but that that was definitely a moment that sticks out for me and then of course there was there was the big one where he scored in the North London derby that was the, that was definitely the other moment for me where we obviously beat them 2-1 that was a very nice moment. I'm going to come on to Lee in a second and ask him as well. But, Jay, just out of interest, by the fact we've seen Vertonghen and Alavaro leave in, what, a couple of seasons are just apart, mm. um, who will be the more remembered? Or do Jan, both be... Jan Vertonghen. Jan Vertonghen for me. I think there was obviously a bit of... Um, I think with Alderweireld, there was kind of a bit of maybe where he was left a bit sour under, under Poch, where he was left out of mm. the team for quite yeah. a while. Yeah. Then, of course, he had the situation where he kind of looked like he wanted to leave. I actually would say that Alderweireld probably at his peak was probably the better defender, but Yamatongan was just kind of the perfect, perfect servant for the club. He was so incredibly loyal to us. Um, you know, just everything he did, he was just such a classy guy off the pitch as well. So for me, um, Vertonghen will be the most remembered, but I would say in his peak, Alderweireld was probably the better defender, just though, just. I'm intrigued to ask Lee this. I actually listened back to this show today at the time. I'm asking, I'm going to see if Lee remembers his answer. Lee, for you, who who would be the more, more remembered, Vertonghen or Alderweireld? Because there was a time when Alderweireld, um, that I feel like Alderweireld did catch a lot of the headlines more than Jan at times. He yeah. was he was seen as more glamorous out the two. That's nothing against Jan because he was also a, a Rolls Royce of a defender. But for you, if you in 10, 15 years down the line, who would spring to mind as the more consistent, or is it both? Well, I think I think I think they go together. Uh, to, to be honest, I think one does something differently to the other. Um, I think you know Rolls Royce uh, and um, Bentley, if you like, in, in terms of the back. Um, and you know, when, when you think about, I think we paid nine million for Jan Vertonghen, and I think we paid eleven million for Toby Alderweireld. And it's then crazy, isn't it? God. Tonight, battering the football club. <laughs> battering them because they don't pay the money yet we're now applauding them because we spent 20 million on two world-class centre-backs. It's insane, yeah. Can't have it both ways. The reason why Jan Vertonghen, in my opinion, will be remembered more and revered at the club more is because he's going to be our manager in, in the future. If you look at Jan Vertonghen, the way he is, the way he does, what he can do, I'm talking about in the future, lads. Yeah, yeah. It's like he, he will come back and manage our football club. Whereas I don't think Toby Woodville will. So when you say in 10, 15 years your time, when you look back, I reckon in 10, 15 years time, it'd be our manager. So, um, you know, I, I think that he is the sort of person that I think would come back and, 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 and uh, manage our football club. So I don't think you could get a higher praise than that. But yeah. I, I'll be honest with you, with, with the hair that you boys have got and what I've got as well, we do love a bit of Toby Alderweireld, don't we? we? We do love a bit of Toby Alderweireld. It's a bit, it's a bit trending, trending on the hair here. Um, Lee, favourite Vertonghen moment? Uh, sorry, favourite Vertonghen? We've, sorry, yeah, we've done you already. Favourite Toby Alderweireld moment for you, Lee? There, there's been a few and Jamie's mentioned them. I, I think the biggest, uh, my biggest, uh, the favourite moment for me is when he celebrated. When he celebrated, uh, I, I can't remember, it's bad of me for not remembering, but it might have been in the North London derby, another North London derby before as well, where he celebrated so hard. You could see, I've got a picture on it on my phone, how passionate and how much that meant to, to him and to us. Um, it was it was a brilliant, brilliant moment. And uh, look, if you think about it, I know he had a couple of injuries and so on and so forth in that season where um, uh, uh, Sanchez come in and played alongside uh, Jan for a while because Toby was injured. But other than that, I think he's just been, like you said, he's been a Rolls Royce. He's been absolutely outstanding. So good luck to him. Uh, good luck to for the big payday that he's getting out there for, for a year or so for his family. Um, and uh, yeah, fair, fair play to the bloke. 
Yeah, totally agree. Also, we have to say that kind of brings an end to an era, doesn't it, of that wonderful defence we had of that season where, of course, I don't know you boys know My very first show, Rick, my very first show, I said to you, didn't I? I said, we sell Kai Walker, Carl Walker, you know, things will never be the same. And they've never been the same. Now today, as we're talking, like you say, the the famous back four of another part of the football club. Yep, totally agree. Listen, we're going to go for a very quick break. When we return... It's the cult hero figure of Eric Lamella. Do not go anywhere. We're back after this. Hi, guys. Um, I want to thank you for everything in the last six years. Um, it's been an unbelievable road for me. Um, it's been an honor to play uh, for Spurs. Um, from the moment that I uh, arrived, I felt home. I felt welcomed. And uh, it was a pleasure to, to play for this club and for the badge. Um, I wish you all the best. Uh, for the future and I'm sure we'll meet again. Bye-bye. Hello and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. We've got a sign to talk about, of course, very, very shortly, but another departure at Tottenham and that is by the name of Eric Lamella. I can hear some people cheering. There's a few cries in the background there. Eric Lamella, to be fair, I've never known a player that divides opinion like Eric Lamella did during his time at Tottenham. It's quite incredible. You speak to some Spurs fans, they absolutely loved him, that passion that he gave, that fight that he gave. But for some, it was all about the skill, what he did on the ball. Was the ability enough in a Tottenham shirt? Well, listen, he gave us, what, the best part of seven, eight years at the football club. He obviously has now been part of that deal, which has seen Brian Gill arrive at Tottenham, which we'll be discussing very, very soon. But Jamie, Eric Lamella, I mean... A player that on this podcast has taken up so much of the airtime, sometimes frustrating, yeah. sometimes utterly brilliant. He departs having made 255 appearances, scoring 37 goals. Where do you stand on it, Lamella, for you? No, I think that's why he divides opinion, really. Um, on the pitch, in terms of the numbers that he produced and kind of his overall contribution um, in terms of goals and assists, it, unfortunately, it wasn't good enough. And it's frustrating because, again, he's another player that you know could have produced so much more. He was an incredibly talented player. I think I said on the show, he was a guy kind of in his, when he was young, much younger, um, he was a guy, very similar situation to Messi, where they were desperately, de- Barcelona were desperately, desperately trying to sign him as a youngster. So he, he's a guy who's always had so much talent. And I think when he came from Roma, massive, massive expectation, but unfortunately just failed to deliver on that. Um, but I think the one thing you can say about Eric Lamella is, is kind of every time he was on the pitch, he gave absolutely everything for the team. As I said, in terms of the quality, it wasn't quite good enough. But, you know, sometimes I think the supporters, we love that. We love to see um, players giving everything and really caring. And that's that's something that, that did really strike me with him. He was a guy that really cared for Tottenham Hotspur. Um, he was kind of a guy that, that never let us look like we've got a soft side. I think in the, the role he played in the, the Stamford Bridge game, the Battle of the Bridge, you know, the, the number, he, he loved getting involved in that. And I, and I do love those sort of players. So... Um, yes, unfortunately, what he contributed to the team wasn't maybe quite good enough. But I think, you know, in terms of the passion that he showed, the the desire that he showed was fantastic. But again, another player I'm delighted to see leave. It was 100% the right time to, to go. I think he's been a guy who's been very comfortable to kind of sit um, on the bench. And that's not what we need. We want players that are really pushing for every match to, to want to be in the starting eleven. So um, I'm, I'm delighted to see him go. Obviously, another one who's a big... Big amount of money off the wage bill. So, yeah, it's obviously sad to see him going in terms of the passion that he brought. But uh, in terms of what he contributed, unfortunately, it wasn't quite good enough. So, happy to see him go. 
Yeah, I mean, the thing with Lamella is if any game could sum him up, it was that game against Arsenal last season, wasn't it? The utterly brilliance of that wonderful Rabona followed by sending off. I mean, you couldn't make a Lamella game up more than that game at the Emirates last season. Lee, I think for a player like Lamella, podcasts were made for this reason, right? Because you have to have the time, the airtime, to be able to talk about a player like that because you have the utterly brilliant, you have the utter crazy. And, you know, we've been going for, what, uh, five years? Lamella's been here for a bit longer than what we've been going for. But... Overall, where do you stand on Lamella? Will he be a planet you'll be remembered for the right reasons or will you just be a planet you thought, do you know what? There was still more in there that we just never got out of him. De- de- definitely the latter, Rick. Definitely the latter. I think, you know, there, there was definitely a player in there. But but you, you say, I mean, I just said there's definitely a player in there, but how many seasons can you keep saying that for? Maybe it's your season. Maybe it's your season. A little bit, it's the hope that kills you, the hope that keeps you, hope that kills you type scenario that we, we love about our football club. I think it was easy for the football club to keep him because every new manager that came in would look at him and go, right, well, he gives his all 110%. He's got the right attitude, the right behaviour, and he had. I think it is um, uh, prevalent to talk about his injury. It was absolutely horrific, the the double hip uh, surgery that he had to have and, you know, seeing him on them crutches and he couldn't even walk properly. And, you know, when, when you are an athlete or, or a sports person, you know, you can work incredibly hard. I think we're seeing it this week and last week and, and right now in the Olympics where you can work incredibly hard for an event, for something, for a match or whatever, and then ping, it just gets taken away from you. You, you can't just get... And, and I think he was hampered by injuries. You know, when he was fully fit and you think, oh, he's had a decent pre-season and he started the, 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 the season... A couple of seasons ago, we, we played Man City early doors again, didn't we, in August? And he scored the um, the, the goal. We ended up drawing 2-2. That was another Springbok header, if you remember, from Lucas Moura. I think Lamella got the first goal. I remember Jay saying all them years ago, um, you know, that Lamella never delivers in a big game. He never delivers. And the game that he delivered, the biggest game that he can deliver in in the league for, from, a, from a North London derby with a Rabona, and then he gets sent off. I mean, you literally could not make this stuff up. And like you said, Rick, you, you perfect sum, summed him up. Look, he's a lovely guy by all accounts. Uh, you know, really, really strong uh, values for Tottenham Hotspur and really loves us as a football club and us fans, which is amazing. But very much the time to move on uh, was probably a couple of seasons ago, but now it's come and uh, it's, it's a wishing well in Seville. Interesting, because Jay, I mean... <laughs> Of all this, Lamella's actually upgraded in a way. I'm not saying he's upgraded club, but I mean he's actually going to be playing Champions League football. Yeah, he'd probably, he'd probably go and win something, boys. He'd probably <laughs> he go and win something. You could have made it up, would you? I mean, Lamella's done better off at the moment in terms of what he's ended up with. Champions League football. We're in the Europa Conference League, of course. What do you think Seville fans will think of that move? Because um, mm. I mean, we're going to come to Brian Gill shortly, but I mean, some of them are fuming. The fact that they've allowed this wonderful superstar to maybe be let go. I, say, I will use the word potential superstar because he's still very, very young. We'll come to him in a second. But Lamella, Seville fans, what will they make of that for them? Will they be elated? Will they be accepting of that, Lamella coming to them? No, I would have thought, well, I think that Brian Hill was a guy that they looked like um, they were trying to negotiate a much higher fee for. And I think they were trying to get in a release clause. So, you know, they've lost him for Eric Lamella, who was probably worth about 10, 15 million uh, euros plus 25. So, you know, they've not really got, a, I don't think they've got a great deal out of it really in terms of bringing Eric Lamella in. But uh, yeah, again, he's, you know, he's a guy over the last eight season who's just not shown it enough. And unfortunately that potential, as Lee said, has really been hampered by injury. When you, I think something that's so big in, in sport is having that consistency, consistency where you're able to train, um, get fitter and stronger week after week. 
But Eric Lamelli's never been able to do that. And unfortunately, that's something that I think you just got to accept. That's part of the player. You know, you can say he's got all this potential, but he's got that caveat where he gets it, you know, he's, he's very susceptible to injury. So, um, unfortunately, they are getting a player who they will be very frustrated with. Um, you know, fingers crossed he can stay fit. I mean, you never know. You know, might be in a new environment and he might be able to stay fit um, over in Seville. And our fingers crossed he does, because, as I said, I think as a player, um, as a guy, I, I really liked Eric Lamella. So, I wish him the best of luck. Obviously, as you said, he's got a great move there. I think it's a, it's a, it's a good club. Obviously, a, a fantastic place to live as well. Champions League football, so so for him, I think it's a very good move. But I think for Sevilla fans, yes, it's, it's uh, it, they've definitely got the, the the worst end of the deal. Jay, for you, just, could, just, cool. no, yeah. sorry, sorry, just sorry to interrupt you, boys. I, I just want to say as well with Lamella, when you when you read his stats out earlier about his goals, I think you got forty eight assists as well. Mm, yeah. Over that period of time, is just not good enough. And you think that not, not what we're looking for, yeah. Exactly. I mean, you talk about Lucas Moura as well, you know, look at his stats, his goals and assists and, what you know, even goals or chances created, same as Eric Lamella. Work rate, yes. You know, does he understand Battle of the Bridge? Does he understand North London Derby? Yes, yes, yes. All them things, great. But what about his goals? What about his assists? What about his, you know, tr- creation of chances? And some people will say to me, it's not just about goals and assists. No, I understand. Like, I do, do watch a lot of football and I do understand how, how it works. But what are we expecting from an individual in that position? He can play anywhere across the front three, for yep. example. Yep. So somebody playing anywhere across the front three, surely you're expecting chances created, assists and goals. That is what you're expecting, right? And, and he didn't deliver no. enough on any of them three things. Especially with the calibre of players that he was playing with as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly that. I mean, uh, you know, he, he had horrific injuries, as we mentioned before, but we yeah. used to, we, you know, uh, probably unfairly, but we used to nickname him Crazy Legs, right? Because he didn't, sometimes didn't know where his legs would go and he'd look one way, his legs would go another way. <laughs> and, you know, and he just didn't know really know what to kind of do with the ball. Yeah. If he had more of a, you know, I don't mean this rudely, Tim, but if he had more of a footballing brain, let's put it that way, he could have been, he could have been amazing. And yeah. I think we took him from Roma with the bail money, 30 million, whatever it was, from, from memory. And, you know, I think he scored 15 goals and 12 assists or something like that in the Italian league. And we're all thinking, wow, you score 15 goals and have 12 assists against the Italian defences in that league. You must be good. And yeah. he comes to the Prem and he, I don't think he ever scored 15 goals in a season for us in all competitions, ever, in one yeah. season. So just, just on his just on his footballing brain, I'll never I'll never ever forget the moment where he tried to ball roll in the last I think it was the last minute of added time against Ajax when we we've just scored the the third goal and he's ball doing a ball roll. I'll never ever forget that. Just that absolute that nearly killed me. Um, I was I was, was going to throw in that lead that leads to a boner as well last season. Was it three one down? Yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> I remember. Yeah. But that 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 I mean that sums him up. Unfortunately, yeah. there was there were so many moments where it was just moments of craziness. So, yeah, I mean that that for me. I mean that if you had to say a Lamella moment that I remember well, I definitely will never forget him doing that because that gave me a heart attack. Do you have a favourite Lamella moment, Jay? Um, oh, yeah. I I I've never uh, the one uh, I think the one moment that really stands out for me I think was when he wound up Jack Wilshire after yeah. the Arsenal game. I, I absolutely love that picture. I just think mm. that picture that will that will go down in, in Spurs history. I thought that was yeah. it's such a funny picture. Um that, that that's what he was about. I just loved the way he got everything mm. about in terms of 
um, the derby and stuff. So that, that was brilliant about him. But yeah, I think that would be the best one. Unfortunately, it's, it's not a footballing moment and that sums yeah. it up really, doesn't it? Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Yeah. Lee, for you, I mean, one thing I did like, and that's really naughty, but it was one of those, I mean, the Man United game, the 6-1 out of all traffic, <laughs> where you got Martial sent yeah. off. I know you should never kind of encourage that, but it's almost like a way that we've had that done to so many times down the years. It's nice to actually be on the right end of, of something. And, you know, I think Mourinho did add that to his game. Don't get me wrong. But um, do, do you have a favourite Lamella moment? I actually, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. He was definitely a Mourinho-type player for that sort of stuff, wasn't, mm. wasn't he, for sure. Like, I think... Um, I think I like the first Rabona, um, the audacious. I know it, was, it wasn't as a bigger game. I think the you know the one against Arsenal was outstanding, but that game we lost the game and he got sent off, so it, it kind of didn't mean anything. I think the game you could also say it didn't mean anything in, in the Europa League, but it was it was absolutely audacious for him to do it, and I don't think anyone had seen that before um, in terms of at the time doing a Rabona in a European competition like in in, in match play, um, and he'd done it so. Uh, for me, that, that's what sticks out in my mind. You know, it wasn't Champions League, but it was, uh, you know, it was a game under the lights and all that sort of stuff, uh, you know, in the in the, in the Europa. And, it, and he pulled, he, he done it. He, 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 you know, he'd take it away from me. He tried it. he done it. So just wish he'd, just wish he'd have had some big, more bigger moments. The other moment, unfortunately, is a negative one, but it's the other moment when we were playing on the, on the NFL-ridden Wembley pitch against Man City, which looks like a sandpit. And he clearly was one, it went through one and one. And he missed. I mean, it's a classic scenario. You know, the amount of times that he's gone through. I think he went through against, I think it was against Liverpool as well. And you're thinking, go on, son, here we go. And he missed. And you just think they are the big moments that he never quite had in his game. Totally agree. Well, listen, we wish Eric Lamella all the very, very best. We honestly do, all joking aside, for a player that, you know, sometimes as fans, we ask for one thing minimum commitment. And I've got to say, work rate-wise, um, he gave us that. He did give us that. I mean, ability, yeah. I mean, that's one thing we can all say maybe he was lacking. But in terms of commitment, Eric Lamella fought for the shirt. And listen, we wish him all the best for his move into Ville. Coming the other way is Brian Hill. Uh, we're going to talk about him next. And also taking and finishing up on your listener questions. Don't go anywhere. We're back after our final break of this show. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Hello and welcome back to the final part of The Last Word on Spurs. And we're here to present another summer signing, our second one of the summer, Tottenham Hotspur getting over the line. Brian Hill, who joins us as part of the deal for Eric Lamella, going in the opposite direction to Sevilla. Gill spent last season on loan at the Liga side Elba, but the 20-year-old oppressed Spurs scouts despite the club being relegated for Spurs to splash the cash. Let's come around to you, Jay, because he's a player that is proficient on either wing, particularly on the left. He's the kind of player that likes to attack both the defender and the end line. He averages, with last season, he averaged 1.5 crosses per match. He's a guy who will get the ball into the box, creating opportunities for his teammates. I think we have to say, still a very, very young player, still very, very Mm. raw is it important that we do allow this kind of player to adapt to the Premier League? Because I think as Spurs fans, we have got that tendency to want it all right now. Yeah. I feel this player is one that we need to bed in slowly. We may see maybe in the Europa Conference League. 
just so he starts to acclimatise yeah. to Spurs in general, his teammates, the culture of the league? What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's a very interesting signing because I think he's clearly one that has been brought for his potential and, and kind of for the future. So, yes, as you said, I think it's, it's definitely one that we need to um, kind of be patient with and give time. Um, I think he's a guy that very much suited. Obviously, he's quite a diminutive figure. So it'll be interesting to see him coming into the Premier League, being a much more physical league, how he gets on. But I think it's it's very interesting um, when you look at Paratici's track record of kind of finding these, <clears throat> these real hidden gems. I think Federico Chiesa was a fantastic example of Juventus of a guy that that he that Paratici went and found. So you know this is what we this is another big reason why we brought Paratici to to, um, to Spurs because we want these sort of signings. Um, you know all the indications from people that have actually watched him. They're very very excited about this transfer. They think this is a very good signing for Spurs, um, and hopefully he can just deliver on that potential. As you said, he's a, he's a guy who can who's a very versatile attacker. It sounds like long term he's going to be more of a number ten. Um, I think a lot of people are comparing him in his style of play to to Jack Grealish, a guy that likes to kind of really run at players um, and that's very creative. So. It's an interesting sign, and again, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm not. I'm not a guy that's watched him a great deal. I've only just been heard from people that have watched him a lot, um, kind of what he's about. So, but from all the accounts, it sounds like he's a, he's a very big talent. I think Spain have produced a couple of big talents now. I think it's Ansu Fati at um, at Barcelona, <clears throat> of course, Pedri, and, and people saying he's just kind of behind those two, and and those two are, are, are kind of real some of the top young players in the world. So, very interesting signing. Um, I think he'll definitely take time to kind of um, get up to speed. I do uh, as well think that Spurs will have some sort of hope that he will be able to hit the ground running and 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 and, uh, and try and get get a first team spot. I think for Spurs to invest 25 million euros in him now, I think there will be kind of a slight hope that he that he will be able to um, hit the ground running. So be very interesting. As I said, I don't know a huge amount about him, but I'm, I'm still quite excited for this one because he's clearly a guy. Um, that Paratici likes a lot, so and he's and he's been right on a lot of occasions with his younger players. So yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing him. Joe's very interesting, and I picked this up. I mean, I know Ali also said this in one of his videos that you know for you know you get these rumours that are linked consistently, you know, to a player signing. It came out absolutely nowhere. It was so left field. You know, we've seen no reports on Tottenham even going in for this guy, and suddenly it was done over the line. So it just does show you that sometimes some transfers are kept under wraps. Lee, he's typically stationed as a left winger, naturally left footed. I know people are saying, oh, another one that's only that's only one footed, but um, you know, he's versatile. He's played anywhere across the attacking midfield three. He's a winger, but it's quite conceivable that he's a player that can dribble, distribute and shoot. So um, we're getting a player that I think, you know, he's going to be a real bit of a flair player and excitement. Do you think, I know Lee, you're always, you know, very much accustomed to this, that, listen, don't put too much pressure on him, allow him to come into the team, allow him to develop, you know, support him, give him the best opportunities to be the best he can be. Yeah, for sure. Look, I mean, uh, good luck to the kid. I think it suited him. I think it suited Seville in, uh, in a way with Lamella. It definitely suited Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. We can sit here all day long and bang on about, you know, this is, we've spotted him and we wanted him in the mixer. But let's be honest about it. We probably shipped Lamella out for, uh, and, and lost 100 grand a week on the wage bill. And we bring in uh, Gil, Gil, Hell, yeah. Uh, we bring in, bring, bring in Gil. Uh, for we've all tried that so far. We'll get it right exactly. at some point. Exactly. Someone will exactly. let us know. <laughs> 50 grand a week. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, there's that suits the club and the player and so on and so forth. Look, I've written some names down here. Um, look, Paratici did uh, unearth Kingsley Coman as well and uh, got him an absolutely outstanding bargain and, and then put him over through Bayern Munich and that sort of stuff. But 
I'm struggling there a little bit as to why, you know, you mentioned where we came, you know, where did the name even come from? It's just out of the blue of a signing. Maybe it's opportunistic. But down that left-hand side, we've got players like uh, Gil, Gil, Achil, Son, Sessignon, Reggie is already down them, them left-hand side. So, you know, you've got, you know, you can see Bergvine's already, t- he plays in from the left-hand side as well. I just hope I've written some names down here. I hope he's not another Fernandez or another Postiga or another Dominguez or another Ngi or another Nkudu. I mean, you know, these are all players that were, oh yeah, they're fantastic and this, that and the other. I mean, fair play to him and, and he wears a shirt and, you know, I, I don't want to criticise him, but also Jack Clark, he come out of the blue from some eight million quid. He, he, he didn't get a game. Like, he didn't play properly. He can't even get a game out on loan when he went back to Leeds. So, you know, in his first season. Yeah. So, look, I, I just hope, look, good luck to him. I think he needs a haircut, if I'm honest, but good luck to the bloke. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I hope that he can start ripping up the Premier League like he had been doing. The other thing that just worries me a little bit is it, look, not being funny, we talk about partnerships and Re- Reggie and uh, Hill be- being together, right? Fantastic. I don't think they played to, with each other, did that, Seville? Because he was out on loan, as you said, anyway. No, so, no, yeah. You know, he hasn't... He hasn't you know, Seville had him as his fantastic talent, yep. but they loaned him out. And now all of a sudden, he's good enough to jump in Tottenham Hotspur's first team. Well, it's interesting. Is it, what I would say, I mean, from Seville's perspective, there are a lot of their fans, they're very frustrated. There seems to be a player there that they were, they were honestly believing was going to come into their first team and rip up the league. So there's got to be something in there that has made well, the club... There cut. has to be. Yeah. So Tottenham that kind of money as well. That kind of money million, yeah. yeah, they were definitely not a part of 25 million if, mm. if he's not a superstar. But yeah. no, I think that... Look, I'm going to say this, in, in, in maybe you know, maybe I'm a little bit naive because I don't mm. watch a huge amount of different leagues all yeah. over the world and whatever. But, mm. you know, in the same breath as Romario, I know he just got play, uh, Italian Defender of the Year or Serie A Defender of the Year or whatever... Um, and he's just won uh, Copa del America or whatever as well with uh, with Argentina. Yep. But let's be brutally honest about it. Who, who, was you thinking that we were going to sign Christian Romero before the, you know in the close season or no. in May? In May, did you even know that this bloke existed? Right, and 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 it's the same with Gill, and all of a sudden now. And so, look, I'm not saying it's a bad thing because yep. that's what Paris is here and so on and of so course, forth. Of course, but yeah. All these Spurs fans or, or all these people on Twitter, should we say, rather than Spurs fans, were going absolutely bonkers because we haven't signed this bloke. You didn't even know he was three months ago. It's crazy, I, I, isn't it? I think the I think the thing with with Romero is that he's he's very clearly a guy that that Paratici likes. I think it's very clear that he's the number one guy. Um, so yeah, I, I, for me, I, I I can understand I can understand why maybe people are frustrated. And, and obviously, yeah. he's done. He's, I think he's done a fan, clearly done a fantastic job at Atalanta this year. I think he did a great job in terms of helping them get into the Champions League again. Um, I think they qualified into the knockout stage of the Champions mm-hmm. League. Earned his place in the in the Argentinian yeah. squad. So correct me if I'm wrong here, Jay. I do get that feeling that I think the reason why fans are so frustrated right now, and listen, this is why we have a podcast like this. You know, we want to hear from fans as well, is because you know, we've been here before with Screenier. We've been here before mm. where we've focused on one player and mm. we've allowed that to run throughout the window, and we get to a point where it seems there's an impasse of whether it's five or six million and we refuse to pay it. But ultimately. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Yeah. We're not part of negotiations. Like we don't know what's going on. But I think it's that frustration there that for that element of that extra couple of million that we mm. won't do the deal. And it's a case that if this is Paratici's man, go and get him. Go, go and get him. I agree. I agree. With you. I if, do agree. Who he wants, and this is the reason. Why, if you've made this whole effort to go and bring Paratici in, 
and then you're not going to give the man the players he wants. What's the point? It's the mm. same as Mourinho, wasn't it? It's the same as Mourinho. We said it before. If you're going to bring Jose Mourinho to your football club and you do not give him the tools he wants, what's the point? Yeah, and you look at you make the scrimmage, and look, I'm not, you know, I think you're right actually, and I'm not, I'm not having to go at people of Spurs fans being frustrated because I'm one of them as well. To be fair, I'm, yeah, I've been the one. We've all, to be like, we all been the last eighteen but, months, but, but I, I need this geezer over the line. Do, do you know what I mean? Like everyone else, when you brought up the um, the scrimmage um, uh, example, again, it's absolutely bang on. What happened is we chase, 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 loads and loads and loads of um, you know massive links to scrimmage. Um, he was in and out of the, the team. We were going to get him. You know, we would come to Tottenham, and then and then we signed Joe Roden, fifteen million. Yep. I think that the thing now is now you've brought in Paratici, you need to go and trust him now. Of course, um, yeah. Yep. I, I, I think that that's the big thing. Although you yep. know, maybe in the past, but under Mourinho, um, I think because of the role that Paratici is in in terms of director of football and a guy that's identified talents, a guy that's got a track rec- record of of signing um, some real you know real gems. I yeah. think this is why you 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 should go and back him, and, and there should be some sort of trust in him. So, Jamie, um, yeah. Jamie, and and Rick, I know I know both of you are the transfer gurus, right? So I'm asking you guys rather than you know I know we've morphed into the transfer bit of the show, Rick. That's but, fine. You know, Listen, I, I mean important. Brian here, we yeah. wish you all the very best. We're we'll focus in now. It's our list of questions. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah. Brian, do wish you the best, mate. So <laughs> go barbers, mate. Um, but yeah, no, I, you know I I'm only joking. I'm, I am messing about, listeners. I promise. But look, you know, I think, do, do you think that we will sign Christian Romero, right, firstly? And and actually, the most important, in my opinion, the most important position that we strengthen this year is mm. two centre-backs. Mm. You know, it's not, agree. One. So, not one, it's exactly. Yeah, it's and we need yeah. right back, yeah. and we need a right back, and yeah. we need not a backup striker, another striker. And I'm going to totally put agree. this out there. Yeah. I think Harry Kane's leaving. Um, I, I've, I've, I've read a lot of stuff. I've listened yeah. to a lot of stuff. I talk to a lot of people, not in the know. I'm not yeah. in the know. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, this is just my, my opinion. And yeah. lots of people go, no, he's not. I'm not sure say he is and so on and so forth, but there's never smoke without fire. And, and actually Charlie's been, um, been the guy that's almost been the, you know, the, um, the, the scapegoat, but that he's doing his job, right? He's there to do the scapegoat because I think it's Carrie that's pushing for that move. He is, but I, I don't think I don't know what you think, Lee, but I think Charlie's handled this incredibly poorly. And listen, he seems like a lovely bloke, but I don't think he's done him so many favours. By ta- by leaving yeah, that to I, the sun, I, 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 I don't think it massively helps the situation. I don't think Kane doing that Gary Neville helps him either, to be honest with you. I don't exactly. think he's helped him so far. I tell you why I brought up Kane at that point is because I, I again this is gonna sound absolutely ridiculous, right? To some people, and, and maybe even to me when I say it out loud, but if and when, or or when, but hopefully if it's if it's an if, if Kane leaves, I actually think we can replace a striker more than what we can replace. If sorry, more than what we can't afford to not replace our defenders. Do, do you understand what I mean? So in other words, right? If Kane leaves, and we could probably go and buy that bloke that you were talking about from Florentina, we could probably go and buy Jimenez if his if his uh, head injuries are right. We'll probably go and buy Danny Ings. So not a direct replacement for Kane, but brilliant strikers. But if we start the season with Sanchez and Dyer at the back, yeah, we ain't got no chance. I, I do, totally do you agree. What you're saying is to say? actually go and invest in two, you know, top of the range centre backs. We can do that. Even if we let Kane go, because you know we've got the two set, we've got the two decent centre backs. I totally agree, Lee. That if we start the season with Sanchez and Dyer there, I mean, listen, you might as well write off 
Yeah, I suppose to summarise, Jamie, get your point on it, just to summarise what I'm trying to say, because I didn't articulate very well, regardless if Kane stays or goes, yeah. if we start the season with Sanchez and Dyer at the back, we're, we are done. 100%. I, 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 yeah, I, I do get that. I think if, yeah, if that is the partnership, then I, I think it's pointless that Kane's there because we're going to ship so many goals um, that I think it will be, you know, be a complete disaster. So yeah. I, I think, you know, we've seen so many times now where Liverpool have gone on to win the league, gone on to win the Champions League because they've really sorted their defence. That was a yeah. massive issue. Mm-hmm. They've gotten that really transformative defender. And, that, and that's something that desperately, desperately needs to happen at Spurs now. Um, we need that leader in the back line. You're saying, Jay, as well, correct, correct if I'm wrong here, when Kane was out for a period and Son was in that formidable form, I know Pochettino found a way to make that work. Spurs, I think, had defensively, they had Alvaro and Vertonghen there. That's why mm. we were so formidably strong. And that allowed, you know, that allowed us to be without Kane. So I think we have shown previously that we can win without Kane. 100% we've shown that. I think my concern is what that shows from an, from an ambitious perspective as Tottenham as a club. You've got the best stadium in the world. You've got the best training ground in the world. But yet, you're consider- yeah, if you sell your poster boy to... I know people say Spurs aren't a direct rather a city by how far Spurs have fallen, but they're still a rival in the Premier League. And it's yeah, Spurs have got ambition. Yeah, exactly. how, does that, how does that look you know, to other players? How does that look to Hummin Son? How does that look for Tungi and Dumbele, Giovanni Lo Celso, Sergio Reguilon? What do they think looking at that situation? You know, do you think, Jamie, that Kane will be a Spurs player come the end of the transfer window? I won't say come the City game because it looks like he probably won't play that game, but come the end of the window, will Kane be a Spurs player? I think, unfortunately, def- I think he definitely wants to leave. I think that that is very clear that he that he does want to kind of move on. And I understand that. I think as Spurs fans, none of us would begrudge him if, if he was to move on. Unfortunately, you know, he's been here so long and, and we just haven't really shown signs of, of really wanting to kick on. So I can understand that. I, th- I think the, the big problem is I just don't think Manchester City are going to stump up that sort of money. It looks as though they are talking to Jack Grealish and that looks like a move that could well be done. So I just don't think they'll have that £150 million to get it done. I think it will be a similar situation um, to Jaden Sancho in terms of where last summer we saw Man United, they, they weren't able to quite match what Borussia Dortmund wanted. And the, next, the following summer, obviously this summer, they've just got him for a little bit cheaper. And I think that that'll be the situation with Harry Kane. I think with two years left in his contract next summer, he'll be worth about £100, £120 million. So I think he'll be a bit more affordable. And I think that's when City will go for him. So... I think he'll be a Spurs player next season. The the, the thing that worries me so much about the situation with Kane is that I love him through through the bones. From top to bottom, he's the best player I've seen in a Tottenham shirt. He's been absolutely incredible for our football club, one of our own. What's worrying me the most is he he hasn't even replied to birthday messages. He hasn't even come back out and said, like, you know, he's changed all of his profile to England, which is fair enough, but come on. You know, you're still a Tottenham player and this is your boyhood club and I'm not feeling the love. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting... I'm not feeling the love as a top. I've given everything for for my love to him type thing. It sounds weird, but but where where I'm not feeling it back now, yeah. and, and I don't like that. I don't want people. I said earlier, I caveat with Kane because he is the best striker in the world, without a doubt. He's the Premier League Golden Boot owner and and assist owner. Um, he's absolutely world class in my opinion, and he's worth. 200 million or 160 million, whatever it might be. The point being is that it's a different scenario to Toby Alderweireld or Elmer or all these sorts of people. So, but he definitely wants to go. There's no mm-hmm. way because if he didn't, 
You've just mm. come out and say, I ain't going anywhere. What is all these rumours? He has not said a thing. No. And this is somebody like Maurizio yeah. Potticino, when he when he wanted to come back to Tottenham, but he never said anything, never said anything. He's just signed a contract to an extension that was expected at PSG because they couldn't do the fight. The, the stuff is happening behind the scenes, listeners, that if they get the deal done, he's gone. But if they don't get the deal done, I don't think Kane's the sort of person that's going to come out and ruin it. Just like Potticino. The minute he comes out and says, I want to transfer, that's it. It is game over. You cannot start the game with Tottenham. You can't play again for Tottenham Hotspur. And the same reason Maurizio Potticino couldn't manage PSG if he'd have come out and said, I don't want to be, I want to go back to London. Because your, your, your position is untenable. Are you with me, lads and listeners? Yeah, so totally the point, point I'm making is that it feels like we're on tender hooks waiting for him to do something. He, if if he knows that, if Jamie's right, and I hope you are, by the way, that he won't go this year and it's too expensive, da, 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 and they know that, in the back, he needs to come out and say, don't know what the rumours about, I can't wait to play with Nuno, it's going to be fantastic and crack on. Yeah, well, because that's a worry for me. Well, the worry for me very quickly, is, and I said this on the last show, there's got to be a deadline on this, right? We can't yeah. have this come and cloud the start of a season. How many times have we been here, boys? Berbatov, Modric, we allow players to disrupt the start of our season. We have an awful August, and by the time August is over, we're playing catch-up already. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, it, we're not it doing business. Benefit. We're not, we're not doing business either. Like we're going no. to replace him as well. And, no. and and kind of the time that they'll have to bed in the new signings, yes. if we were to replace yes. them, it would just, I just think it would be well, a complete well, again, disaster. That, that for me gives us, gives me hope, hope that kills you. Yeah. It gives me hope that he's not going to go this season mm. because literally you have to be a clown if you think you're going to sell him at the last day of the season or the transfer windows or whatever, sorry, yeah. and not have a replacement. I mean, yeah, that yeah. is literally insanity. Yeah. So, 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 you know, if, if you are going to buckle on the 160, you need to buckle now and get, and get him sold and go and yeah. bring in a Danny Ings or, you know, the fella from Florentina or both of them or yeah. something, right? Yeah. Because, because you cannot start the season with, with a half-cooked cane who don't know whether he's going to be or not, who's just come back from the Euros and this, that and the other, and then having this to and fro in it. You know, we saw it clear as day in the Aston Villa game where we had fans back in the stadium, although they ripped us off for it, but fans back in the stadium for the one, one of the first times in ages. We should have gone and ripped Aston Villa a new one to get into the top four under Ryan Mason. And we were absolutely woeful because that Gary Neville interview broke the day before, whatever it was, and it put everyone off. Everyone in that football club was like, what? What, our main man, our Royal of the Rovers, our poster boy is being sold or he wants to go. And then we turned up at Villain. We were absolutely, uh, sorry, White Lane against Villain was woeful. Yep. This is the effect that it has. That's why people have got anger and frustration against the Kane camp or Charlie Kane or whatever it might be because of that, the way it's been handled. Like you said, Rick, before, it's like, fin- Fine, do the interview. Fine if, if he wants to go. Fine if you want to have these conversations. But do it after the business end. Yep. Do it after everything's finished. Give us a chance. This is what to I mean. Go out yeah. and smash it in the back of the net. No, it's so frustrating. I, I, think, I think ironically, in a weird top. way, I think ironically, in a weird way, though, I think this is no offense to Charlie. I don't know the guy. Listen, he's from a Spurs supporting family. So, um, Regardless of that, they're looking after Kane's best interest. I just think they've handled this so yeah. far so poorly. It's been so poorly advised. And what I would say to Kane, I think his biggest, um, I would just say this in a, in a polite way, you know, you don't normally, look up, don't normally turn to family to look after your business interests, right? I mean, I think that should have been kept separately. And, you know, I think 
what will do Kane in the most is by not having that super agent that may have been able to potentially move him. I don't know what you there's, think about that, Jake. There's, no, there's no stipulation in his contract. That was the biggest mistake, no. signing a six-year six contract, year contract. That, had, yeah. that, that had no get-out clause. And yeah. that, that, unfortunately, that's really biting him now. That wouldn't happen no these days. Out. I mean, that wouldn't happen these days. Not a yeah. chance. But um, again, I think, I, I th- again, I think, you know, give give the give the board, um, if we're allowed to, before I get pelters on Twitter, when his show goes out at midnight, but give the board some credit. You know, they signed up Sonny on a four-year deal recently. They've signed up Harry Kane on a six-year year deal four years ago they've done the same with Delhi Alley they've done uh, you know the, the long-term contracts that they had the people the mistakes that they made were you know with the likes of Christian Eriksen they couldn't get him over the line at that period of time that you know regardless of what we think of him now they signed Eric Dara on a bigger long-term contract as well to protect the investment that may or may not be there now things change in football very very quickly how many times have you heard that as a cliche and I think you know they're, they're looking at that now you know the thing that hurts me the, the, the most as a top uh, as a Tottenham fan is I go back to the Henri days, right? They had Ian Wright, and he was an absolute legend, Ian Wright, at Arsenal. And I just thought, you know, he's coming to the end of his career. There ain't no way they're going to get another Ian Wright. And then straight away, they got Thierry Henry. Straight away. And he is an absolute outstanding. And I'm, I look at them, they've down the road all the time thinking, my word, you know, they've had some amazing strikers and whatever. And we never quite... We've got one absolutely amazing striker one of our own and we're now in the same situation where we was with all the names you mentioned before Robbie Keane wanting to go to Liverpool Berbatov wanting to go to United Modric wanting to go to Real Madrid Bale wanting to go to Real Madrid I mean God's sake we, we, we sold Defoe to Portsmouth for crying out loud it's one of our best ever strikers you know you know he just it's so infuriating that we're in the same situation as we've been, even though the board have tied them up to long-term contracts. You know, so you know somebody somewhere needs to come out and say, I, the best player, one of the best players in the world and the best striker in the world is always going to have speculation. But he's on a three-year deal and he ain't going nowhere. End of story. See you later. And you need to say it and you need to, him to have that conversation with the club so he comes out and says it. And until he does, this is going to rumble on, I'm afraid. Totally agree with guys. We're going to finish with some listener questions. Quick fire listener questions here. Very, very quick. Let's come to you, Jay. This is from Andy Perry, uh, Andy Perry 79, who says, do you think there's been a massive overreaction to Paratigy? So far, he's managed a keeper on loan and a 19-year-old unknown on quantity. Neither impact our starting 11, and we are two weeks away from Man City, followed by four games in 10 days. Are we ready for the start of the season, in your opinion? Uh, I think... Slightly a bit harsh because he has only been here a couple of weeks as well. So it's not, I, I think he was kind of brought in later on in the summer. So I think a little bit harsh. I think the one thing that I've been quite impressed with is kind of the level of signings that we've gone for. I think when you saw we were linked with um, Wackie Manderson at, at, at Fulham or Leon. Um, and then we've, of course, stepped it up and we're looking at now, we looked at Kunde, we looked at uh, obviously Romero now. So we've really stepped up our recruitment and we look like we are, we look like there's more of a plan. There looks like there's better players being targeted. So that's something that I've been impressed with. The players that we have been linked with, the players that we're trying to sign, that's something that has impressed me. So I think it's a bit harsh to say that he's he's not, you know, maybe we haven't got quite done what we needed to just because he's I don't think he's been long enough. And, he, you know, I, that's the one thing that is frustrating for me. It's, it's a shame that he didn't come in earlier um, in the summer. So I think it's a little bit harsh to kind of uh, criticise him that, on that in that point. So he's still cooking, Jan, in your opinion. There's still a lot of cooking going on. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so behind the scenes. There better be. Better okay. Be. Uh, next one, Lee, let's come to you. This is from Sam Jarrett. 
at Sam underscore Jarrett, who says, why does our club consistently insist on not spending the final five to 15 million to secure top level players to push our clubs to the next level? Being financially sustainable is one thing, but actively not looking to improve, sorry, actively not looking to improve the squad will lead to players like Kane wanting to leave. Thoughts? Yeah, um, I, I agree with this. I mean, I, I didn't think I'd be agreeing with this, actually, these these types of points, because I do think it's a negotiation. I still think it's a negotiation. I still think we'll end up paying and getting an agreement that suits the club. At the very basic level, a negotiation should be a win-win situation, right, for the two or maybe even three parties, in this case, that, uh, that, that are working, right? You want the player to be happy. You want the, the buying club to be happy. You want the selling club to be happy. At the moment... We've got two of them uh, um, uh, things now down um, in terms of we we, under, we understand we understand that uh, that Atalanta need want to sell we want to buy and the players already agreed terms and, and happy. It's just a finalisation. In my opinion, I don't know everything. Obviously, I don't know the intricacies of it, but it's in my opinion, it's intricacies to get an extra five or ten. It's not just about buying it or paying it. It's about making sure that happens, and I'm confident that will happen. Okay, Jay, next one to you. This is from, this is actually from another Jamie, CHFC Jamie the Coyes, who says, would you take selling Kane for 160 million if it meant we got Romero, Vlahovic, Tommy Yasu, another centre-back and a centre-mid? No, no, I would never sell, I'd never sell Harry Kane. I think that just for me, I think you'll never, ever be able to get that kind of, what the whole package that he brings. I think people have got to remember the fact that, you know, he's one of our own for me, you know, he's the best strike. He's the best number nine in the world. You're just never going to replace that. I think it's it's a, I think as well, what it would do for the atmosphere of the football club to sell a player like Harry Kane, I think that would absolutely kill the atmosphere of the football club. I think it'd be a disaster. First game of the season or, or whenever he's sold, I just think it'd be a disaster. So I, I, no, no player would, would sacrifice for Harry Kane. Okay, final question of the show. This one goes to Lee. Uh, Lee, this is from Stephen Newham, who says, factor in the manager of search and eventual appointment, the new director of football, managing director, player outgoings and incomings. How would you rate Spurs' summer out of 10 so far? No pressure. Look, look, I think the summer's, you know, so far, uh, I'd probably give it a six, maybe. Um, You know, it's probably been, been quite kind. I think that everybody that's in the know, and I'm not one of them, by the way, but everyone that's in the know is is saying that big things are happening behind the scenes. Things take time. It won't surprise, it wouldn't surprise me if we start the season without having a signing. But it also wouldn't surprise me if we go and get five over the line in the next three days. It just would not surprise me with this football club. This guy that we've read and heard so much about from very, very senior figures in the media, with people, friends of the show, Ali Golf, Grizzo Romano, Chris Cowling obviously got, um, you know, some, some fantastic, you met him the other day, uh, Chris Cowling did. Absolutely amazing. So, look, I think at the end of the day, they all, they're all they all saying, all of these, the, the, the big journals, big newspapers, global newspapers are saying, this guy is unbelievable. Got to trust him that he's coming in and going to do the business for us. He hasn't come in to, be, like, to sit there and not do anything, is he? He's coming to work his backside off, pull the strings, and it's going to happen. Have faith. I am back to my optimistic world, and I am saying to you, we're going to have two or three big signings to hit the ones that we've already got into our football club. And, and and actually, you think about the signings that we made last season, coupled with the signings that we made the season before, yeah. and you can all sit here and have a go at me right now when you're on your run or wherever you're listening to me saying, we ain't made any. But, but we've spent a lot, a decent amount of money for Tottenham Hotspur in the last mm-hmm. two seasons. Pingo and Dembele, Celso, Sessignon, uh, we've got him Reggie, um, Reggie, we've also got him 
uh, the new goalkeeper uh, Pierre Luigi uh, Golini, not Colini, the referee. Um, you know, we obviously brought back Gareth Bale, now he's gone. You know, we had a Vinicius situation going on in there. You know, we've we, we've we've now been linked with Cristiano Ronaldo. I think he come over the line. We've got some decent. This is the rebuild, and we know it was going to be painful. It yeah. is painful, but we're coming out the other side of it. I'm looking forward. I like Nuno. I like the way he's approaching. I like his yep. arm yep. around. He feels to me like a Pochettino, a Harry Redknapp-type character. I think we needed that. I think we needed to refresh his squad. £31 million pounds worth of wages off the wage bill these these 12 months, as uh, John uh, um, Lillywhite-Rose reported earlier, this, and more to go out as well. If we can shift Sissoko, if we can shift, uh, shift the Winks, if we can shift um, a couple of the other fringe players, Cameron uh, uh, Carter-Vickers, get some more wages out, all of a sudden we're in a situation where you're looking at a team where you're, th- and a, you know, a squad of 16, 17, 18 players where you think, wow, this is very different to where we was two and a half years ago. That's exactly what we needed. Trust the process, have faith. Come on, Paratici, keep cooking. I love it. Fantastic. Let me say a massive thank you to my esteemed panel for this show. The wonderful Jamie Brown from the Daily Hospital. Jay, thank you so much. No, my pleasure. And hopefully next time we'll have a new centre-back. Hopefully that'll be Romero. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have a couple more as Lisa. I'm hoping we're going to see those tweets, Jay. I'm hoping we're going to see them. My God, there's a lot of pressure on those buttons, I tell you. Let's hope, fingers crossed. And the wonderful Lee McQueen giving us a rousing speech to end with Lee. Plenty of hope, plenty of optimism. Hopefully, that's a big season to look forward to. Absolutely. I'm back on a plane tomorrow. I'm going back to Spain. Uh, I'm back out there for for a few weeks uh, do, uh, doing some work in and all that sort of stuff. I'll be back yep. on the pod as well. And uh, uh, yeah, have the faith. Keep the faith. Yep. It's coming. It's coming, boys. It's coming. Come on. Totally agree. Listen, guys, most importantly, keep safe, keep well. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.